you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. there be solemn praise go up before the Lord today are you grateful are you grateful oh Lord we're grateful we're grateful hallelujah 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 wow what a great presence of the Lord that is in this house today you have your Bibles and would turn with me this morning to the book of John. I'm going to read one verse out of the book of John, the 8th chapter and the 12th verse. And I'm going to use this text as a spring into what I feel the Lord would have me preach to this congregation on this Sunday. This week, I had many things, many distractions, many things that captured my thoughts and my attention. And I'm just going to be honest with you today when I tell you that I struggled in prayer asking God for a fresh word for this Sunday. And it was yesterday morning that I felt heaven reach down and place a word in my spirit and I come to you today with what I believe the Lord would have me say to somebody in this house today. John chapter 8 and verse number 12 then spake Jesus again unto them saying I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Then spake Jesus again. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach a message entitled, When He Speaks Again. When he speaks again, would you lift your hands with me and ask the Lord to help us today in his word. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that the inspiration of the Holy Ghost rests upon your messenger today and every heart and every mind and every life receives what the Spirit saith to the church on this Easter Sunday morning. God, I thank you for all those that are here today and for the lives that are going to be changed this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell him he will speak again. He will speak again. You can be seated. God bless you. I'm sure that if I ask this question to you, many of you could lift a hand today when I, when I ask the question of, How many of you have ever found yourself in a situation where you thought there was no way out? Maybe you thought the last word had already been spoken. Maybe you thought the judge had dropped 
the gavel and the final chapter of your life had been written. Maybe you thought that the diagnosis from the doctor was the end of the road and there was nowhere else to turn. Maybe you thought the tragedy was going to end worse than you even thought. What, what a horrible outcome for our hopes and our dreams. When the news begins to spread among our family and friends, leaving our hearts broken, filled with gloom and despair, no hope for a better tomorrow, no, no hope for a better life. It seems like the negative is final. We feel like our best days are behind us and we have been defeated. This sounds so much like the disciples when Jesus died on Friday. The Bible said that darkness settled over all the earth until the ninth hour. With his death, the hopes of his followers died. Their dreams died. Their faith died with him. All of their joy went to dark confines of the tomb of the lifeless body of Jesus Christ. For them, his words, it is finished, meant something completely different for them than it meant for us. It sounded more like it is over to them. They had pinned their hopes on him, but he had now been crucified. It was dark that Friday when Jesus was nailed to the cross. The message heard loud and clear, hope had died. The world was gloomy and filled with despair. It brought woe with it. Defeat and hopelessness were abundant. They didn't know that Good Friday was going to actually be Good Friday. We call it Good Friday because we know what happened on Sunday. And we're here today to celebrate it. They didn't know that it was going to be Easter Sunday. For his followers, it wasn't Good Friday. For his followers, it was Dark Friday. It was Death Friday, followed by a long and looming silence of Saturday. Between Friday's crucifixion and Sunday's resurrection was a Saturday without a word. A Saturday without the confident voice of a Savior. It's not just that he was not there with them. It's that they could not hear his voice. It was silent. We can see him, we can feel him, and we can touch him. Until Friday came and the crucifixion happens now, they can't see him, they can't feel him, and they can't touch him. Maybe that's where some of you are today. Maybe you came in this building today and you could admit, Pastor, I, I'm one that can identify with what you're preaching about today because my life feels like I am living in the silence of Saturday. There were a lot of things that happened on Friday, and we all know what happened on Easter Sunday morning. But some of us in our day-to-day -day lives identify more with what was happening on Saturday than we do with his death on Friday or his resurrection on Sunday. On Friday, 
there were mobs crying, crucify him. On Friday, there were three wooden crosses with the mocking words of King of the Jews on the center cross. There were people both for and against him. The soldiers were there. His followers were there, but at a distance, mourners waiting. And then the haters were there. Their voices were the loudest among those that were crying out. There was the ringing of the hammer on Friday, the screams of the people. There was blood, there was sweat, there was tears, there was agony, there was pain, there was suffering, there was death. Followed by darkness over the whole earth. The lifeless body being taken down off of a wooden cross and laid into a tomb. A borrowed tomb, if you please. In that tomb was nothing but death. Lost hopes, lost dreams, and silence. There was lightning and thunder and earthquakes and darkness on Friday. But then comes Saturday, and Saturday is filled with nothing but silence. Long silence. On Saturday, it seemed like the world had stopped. The crowds were gone, the mourners were gone. It seemed that death had won. God had become silent on earth. There was no one preaching on Saturday, no one teaching on Saturday. There was no testifying on Saturday. There were no miracles. There was no healing. There were no signs and wonders on Saturday. There was no hope. There was no help and there was no wonder why. The tomb was now sealed. Only the soldiers were there guarding the tomb. There were no words of hope. All was silent, sealed within the tomb. They were living in the brutal silence of Saturday, left without the voice of their Redeemer. I don't know who that I may be preaching to today. By the way, this crowd just looks amazing. This ought to be every Sunday. As a matter of fact, if this was every Sunday, we would go ahead and just stop our plans for the North Building and we would go ahead and build the sanctuary. I'm not sure who I may be preaching to out of this crowd this morning, but maybe you walked into the building and you know that your life feels like you are living in the silence of Saturday. You're living where God is not speaking. There's not any joy. There's not any peace. Maybe you're frustrated because God has not answered your prayer. Maybe you feel like God hasn't even heard your prayer. Everyone else is hearing from God, but you haven't heard a word. It's Saturday. Someone else received their healing, but you're not sure that you even know, that he even knows where you are. Everybody else is being blessed, but you haven't felt his presence in a very long time. It's the silence of Saturday. Maybe you're beginning to question your faith. Maybe your faith is weak. Maybe you're wondering if 
if it's even all real, if God is even real, if, if the supernatural is real, if, if, he really, if he's real, then why am I where I am? I came this morning to tell you it is simple. You are living in the silence of Saturday. Maybe you're questioning, starting to wonder if he really cares or if anybody really cares where you are. You're living without his voice. But I came this morning with a word from the Lord for somebody in this place. God's silence is not final. He will speak again. And when he speaks again, he's going to speak with all power and all authority. He will speak again. The issue is, if we spend very long living without a voice and without a word, it, it can become the normal for our life. It, it can become very easy for us to forget that we already know that Sunday is on the way. Because actually we find a certain sense of comfort in our Saturday. The comfort is that nobody's challenging us, nobody's messing with us, nobody's calling us. God is not speaking. God is not giving us direction. Nobody's giving us direction. And we become comfortable living in the silence of God. But I want you to understand that God has not forgotten you. As a matter of fact, what happened on Friday where there were nails put into his hands and into his feet, he looks at his hands and declares through the prophets, Behold, I have graven thee in the palm of my hand and thy walls are ever before me. What is that saying, Pastor? I'll tell you what it's saying. Your hands are always in front of you and, and, and the scars and the nail prints in his hand is a reminder. Behold, he said, Zion hath said. Zion is a type of the church. He says, the church has said. My people have said. There are people in Frankfort, Indiana on an Easter Sunday morning that said, I think God has forgotten me but he said I have not forgotten you as a matter of fact on Friday I, I, I engraved you with nail prints in the palm of my hand every time I see the scars in my hand I'm reminded of you so that you can know I have not forgotten you That's what he did on Friday. And then Saturday is when we say, God has forgotten us. Although he left us his word to tell us that he hasn't forgotten us. While we think that nothing is happening in our life, it just may be that God is working on some things behind the scenes that you and I simply don't even see and can't even comprehend what he's doing. We can't see it, but he's working. I think they sing a song about that. Even when I... Can't feel him, he's working. Even when I can't see him, he's working. Behind the scenes somewhere, God is still working some things, but we simply can't see it, can't hear it, and can't feel it because we're living in the silent moments of Saturday. 
But the confidence that I have and that I want to preach into you today, if I don't accomplish anything else, I want to preach faith into somebody that entered faithless. But I hope you walk out of here today with, with just a few words. If you can't think of anything that this preacher said in this pulpit, I want you to walk out of here today with four words just reverberating in your mind. He will speak again. He will speak again. He will speak again. He will come on, somebody ought to say it with me this morning. He will speak again. It's not going to always be silent. He'll speak again. It's not always going to be troublesome. He will speak again. You're not always going to be under the load. He will speak again. Just because it's been a long time since you've heard him doesn't mean that he doesn't have another word for you. I come this morning to tell you it means that Saturday is coming to an end, but Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming when he is going to speak again. It's just a season. It's just a season. We all go through seasons. We all go through seasons. There's seasons. The Bible talks about those seasons. We all go through them. Seasons of grieving. Seasons of mourning. Seasons of weeping. And seasons of God's silence. We all live through the seasons of life. But they're just a season and they too pass. Being a southern boy raised in the deep south. Seeing snow two times in my entire life. Moving to the Midwest 32, 33 years ago. My Lord. Am I that old? I still feel like winter is never going to go away. Hmm. Well, I got some response there. Next Easter, make a note, next Easter Sunday, I'm preaching about winter's gone. Summer's coming. Sometimes you get... Locked into it and it feels like, my goodness, is this winter going to ever leave? Somebody told me yesterday, rejoice. They looked back somewhere on Facebook and said on this day, I don't know if it was last year, year before, whatever, a year or two ago, they said it was snowing today. Lord, have you forgotten us down here? I mean, we love you. Just because you go through a long season of not hearing from God and not feeling God doesn't mean that God doesn't have another word for you. Just because during that season you may have lost faith and you may have wandered. Maybe you went through a season and you let it get the best of you and you it, it caused you to fall back a little bit. Maybe it caused you to walk away from some things. I come this morning to tell you God is not mad at you. The devil wants you to think God's mad at you. He loves you as much as he has ever loved you. He cares about you as much as he has ever cared about you. There is nothing you can do to make him love you anymore, for him to care about you anymore. There's nothing that you can do to achieve it or accomplish it. He is God. He loves you. He cares about you. And he has another word for you. He's just waiting for you to admit it and say, Come on, God. I'm ready to allow myself where your voice can speak again. And he will speak again. This is just a season. We all go through these seasons. God's always used time and as part of his process to everything there is a season and a time for every person, every purpose under heaven. God uses time to perfect us. Uh, sometimes God is trying to work some things out of us. Sometimes he's trying to work some things into us. 
I know maybe some of you have gone through this season and it seems like it's a very long season in your life, but God is doing a work to perfect some things in you. And when you come out the other side, it's just it's just a season. First Peter chapter 1 talks a little bit about it and it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season that you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That the trial of your faith Faith, it says, is found more precious than that of gold, though it be tried with fire. Uh, this is telling me that it is not, it's not gold that is precious in your life. It's not your bank account being full that is precious in your life. But God g- gave us his word to say, uh, what you've got to understand is that trial that you went through was working some things out of you and working some things into you. And that trial is worth more in your life than gold or silver or anything you could ever accomplish because it is not gold and silver that is precious nearly as much as it is the trial of your faith that is precious. Did you get that? It's the trial that is precious. No, 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 pastor. It's the blessings of God and money in the bank and good health. But the word says, no, it's the trial that is precious because when you come out the other side, you're going to look back and say, I could have had it all, but I might have lost Jesus. I could have, I could have done this, but I might, could have lost, I might would have lost Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus because the trial that you go through, the silence that you have to face in life, sometimes in your life proves itself to be more precious than gold. God often teaches us patience by not giving us an answer now. James writes about it. He says, let patience have her perfect work. And in these silent moments between the crucifixion on Friday and his resurrection on Sunday, during those moments, This is when we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I haven't felt God in a long time. You just keep walking. Well, I I can't put one foot in front of the other. Then you just stand. I ought to have a preaching church in this house this morning. Because when you've done all you can do to stand, you, you you just stand there for God is working you through the process of time. And in the process of time, Genesis chapter 4, and in the process of time, Cain brought forth from the ground an offering unto the Lord. All through the scripture, it is rain in due season, meat in due season, and a word in due season. I haven't heard God speak to me in a very long time, Pastor. It's, It's just not that season, but that season's coming. While you and I would like to bypass the days of silence, while we think that silence is a bad idea, God is wanting me to tell you today that a silent Saturday may just mean that God had to pause things around you to get your attention so he can point out to you that he's working something better for your good. See, while the tomb was sealed with Jesus inside and the world remained silent, here's the issue. Jesus had already gotten up out of the grave. You see, you've all seen the, the dramas and you've all seen the depiction of the resurrection where The two Marys go up to the tomb. The angel of the Lord removes the stone and Jesus comes walking out. But that's not in the Bible. As a matter of fact, when the two Marys get there and the angel of the Lord rolls away the stone, he says, come and look. He is not here. Meaning Jesus left the tomb 
while the tomb was still, while, while the, 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 the stone was still closing the tomb. To better prove the fact that he could walk out of the grave. He walked into a room with his disciples and the Bible said he didn't use the door. He appears unto them in the room. Thomas said, that isn't who, that isn't, that isn't the Lord. That's, that's a figma of my imagination. This is something. He said, Thomas, come on up here where I'm at. Take your hand. Thrust your hand into my side. Put your hand in the nail prints, Thomas. Because I've been thinking of you all along. The tomb is sealed. But Jesus is actually not in the tomb. He had already gotten up. The issue is this. During Saturday when the world was dark and there was nobody speaking and there was no voice and there was nobody could see what was going on, he wasn't in the tomb. You think pastor's preaching some false doctrine? I want you to go home and just read it in context all through the New Testament. You're going to see Jesus wasn't even in the tomb. Just because you can't see him, he's working. While you're over here struggling in your Saturday, Jesus has already gotten up. And the Bible tells us what he was doing when he got up. You know what it said he was doing? While it was silent on the earth because they thought Jesus was still in the grave, Jesus came out of the grave without a man even being able to know, see, hear, feel, or touch him. He got out of the grave and the Bible said that he was walking through hell and he was preaching. He was going through hell and he was preaching to them and he didn't just go through hell preaching to them. Jesus had gotten up. The Bible said he walked through hell and and he walked through hell with some keys in his hand. See, in the middle of your silent Saturday, you think God isn't doing anything for you. But I'm telling you, he's walking through the hell that you could be going through in your life with some keys in his hand. And he is declaring, he's not just walking around unlocking any door, but he's also preaching to spirits that are in prison. They may have crucified him and buried him, but he went to a place that was planned to destroy you and he took a text in the middle. He's silent on earth, but he takes a hell in a text in hell and he said, death, you're going to lose your sting. Grave, you're going to lose your victory. Addiction, the trap that you set is going to be broken. I have the keys to death, hell, and the while the world is dealing with their issues on Saturday it's silent everywhere Saturday and while the world is dealing with this silence and dealing with their issues Jesus is in the prison and he's walking through and he's saying hey I got the keys I'm breaking, I'm breaking everybody free. I'm setting the captives free. That's what Calvary was all about. It was his redemptive plan of the blood that was to wash you and cleanse you. He unlocks every door. You feel like you're trapped. He walked through on Saturday while it was silent. He was unlocking the door for you. He was unlocking the door. He said, earth doesn't even know what's going on. But on Easter Sunday morning, I'm going to reveal the fact of what I've been doing on Saturday when they can't see me, feel me, and hear me. Hear me. Hey, it's Easter Sunday morning and he has shown up in this house and he's shown up to tell you I've been working for your good all the time. I have made a way for you. I have paid a price for you. I have set you free. Oh, somebody give God a shout of praise in the house.
my mind's eye, I can hear him preaching and I can see him preaching. As soon as my people understand what's going on in the spirit world, during the silence of Saturday, hell, you're about to lose your grip. Everything that you have been whispering in their ear, they're going to understand they don't have to live that way because his blood has set us free. Sickness, you have already been, the price has already been paid with the stripes on his back. It's already done. And after they suffer a while, they're going to come out of this silent Saturday with more faith than you ever anticipated. In the word of the songwriter, if he had only knew, knew what I was going to be after the storm, he would have never bothered me because I'm going to come back wiser and stronger and more victorious and more powerful. Spirit of addiction, I have news for you. The voice of God has not had its final word. It's about to speak, and addiction can break off of somebody's life. Spirit of depression, I want you to know God is about to speak, and he's about to break the yoke of depression off of you, your life. You're not going to always rule their thoughts. You're not going to always rule their emotions. But I have made them free, and when the Son therefore hath set you free, God is about to speak again. Spirit of discouragement, you're not always going to have the final word. God is about to speak new life back into somebody's spirit today. You may have walked in here knowing it's been a long time since God has spoken. But I just feel like telling you it's up to you. Because all it's going to take for you to step out of Saturday and step into his presence of Sunday is a matter of one step. Because when you take a step, he's going to take a step. Because when you draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto you. When you take a step toward God, he's coming toward you. If you'll make up your mind, I know it's Easter Sunday. I know we have pictures to take. And I know we have dinner to eat. But right now, God is saying, if you'll just take a step this morning, I'll take a step back toward you. If you'll just step out on faith I will step toward you the grave could not hold him he got up from the grave Hey, child of God, you won't always be in distress. Help is on the way. You won't always be discouraged. Encouragement is coming. You won't always be weak. The strength of the Lord is coming to you. Stand with me all over the room this morning. As sure as the sun will rise in the morning, the Bible said times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You're not going to find that refreshing anywhere else. You can try a vacation. You can t try time away. You can try anything that will escape you from the pains that you feel here. And you're going to discover that no buzz, no high, no entertainment is going to give you relief. It's just temporary. Just a temporary moment. But God wants to give you peace that passes understanding. He wants to give you joy that no tongue can tell. He wants to speak some things into your life that the enemy could never undo. The silence of God will only last for a while. Saturday is only a day. Silence is not a lifetime. He will speak again. Jesus' tomb was not the final word. The message was not complete until the stone was rolled away. All the things that the scripture declares that Jesus did while the people thought that he was sealed in a tomb and in death. 
the angel of the Lord came and rolled away the stone so that the two Marys could look in to see. He's not here. The angel of the Lord declared, He is not here, but He is risen. Maybe God has been silent in your life for a very long time. Maybe it's been a long time since you have heard Him speak. But we came today to celebrate the resurrection. And the fact that we celebrate the resurrection is proof that His voice will be heard again. His voice will be heard again. Because we're not serving a God stuck in a tomb, but He is a risen Savior. I can't tell you today that grief and sorrow and weeping won't happen. David said in Psalm chapter 30, weeping, weeping may endure but for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Here is my final thought in closing today. Mary and Martha, they were weeping at the tomb of Lazarus, their beloved brother. Mary became upset because Jesus wasn't there when he showed up at the tomb. As a matter of fact, they said to Jesus, if you would have been here, our brother would not have died. They, they were actually rather upset at him. If it hadn't been for your silence, our brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus said, Martha, I'm here. Here's what he said in John 11 and 25. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm. Your life's not over. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I don't want to wait any longer. If you're in this room this morning and you want to take a step of faith forward today and just say, I've been living in Saturday, the silence of Saturday far too long. I'm walking to the front of this room because I want to hear God's voice afresh and anew in my life. I open these altars right now and invite you to walk to the front of this room and declare, I'm coming to hear the voice of God speak afresh and anew in my life. It's not over. Jesus has another word for you. Come on now. Don't, don't wait. Come now. There's room. Come now. God has another word for you today. God has another word for you today. He will speak again. The final chapter of your life has not been written. He still has a word. God wants to speak life into you. Believeth on me, though he were dead, shall he live again? Come on, seek the Lord this morning. I invite our elders and ministers, altar workers, to step forward this morning. Find somebody to pray with today. Link up with somebody. Let's pray one for another today. We need to hear the voice of God speak afresh and anew in lives. Come on, his voice is here for come you today. Alive, in the name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is the house of miracles. Everything to the feet of Jesus, everything. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles.
anyone from praying this morning, but here's what we're going to do together. We have one preparing to get baptized here in just a moment, but all together corporately this morning, we're going to repent because here's what the Bible teaches us, that we are to repent of our sins. The repentance means that we are turning around. We're making a choice to go another direction. We're walking away from the old life and walking after the new life. We ask God to forgive us for our sins and we're denouncing them and we're walking away to walk in a brand new life. If you're in this room this morning and you've never repented of your sins, we're going to repent together, all together, everybody corporately. I want you to take your neighbor by the hand if it's appropriate, and we're going to repent together. And it's going to sound something like this, but I want you to pray in your own words, and I want you to repent yourself. The Bible says, Godly sorrow worketh repentance. You may... You may feel like crying and weeping over your sins. Whatever, it, whatever emotion that may come, you, you let God direct you and you pray in your own words. Father, right now, we come before you corporately. God, we come repenting of our sin. We come asking you, Father, for forgiveness. We come this morning, Lord, renouncing the person that we have been. Lord, walking away from the, every sin that we have ever committed. God wanted to walk in a new life, a regenerated life, a, a new life, Lord, in you. Lord, we want the past to be behind us. Lord, we seek a new life in you. But, Lord, we know that we must make this decision today. Lord, I'm sorry for every sin, every willful sin. Lord, every sin against my flesh. Lord, every sin against others and every sin against you. God, I'm sorry. Lord, I reject that life and I want to walk a brand new life. Come on, that's a prayer of repentance this morning. Let's pray that prayer right now. In the name of Jesus, we must repent. We must repent, God. I don't want to be that person anymore. Lord, I believe you have forgiven me. You have forgiven me. Now thank the Lord for his forgiveness this morning. Would you do that? Put your hands together and thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've repented. The Bible said that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. When you sincerely repent, when you sincerely reject that old life and you ask Him for forgiveness, He is faithful and just to forgive. On the day of Pentecost, the first day of the church, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? And Peter, standing up with the other 11, said unto them, you must repent. That's what we just did. And then he said, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When you repent, he's faithful and just to forgive, but baptism is for remission not just any baptism but there's only one formula and one way to be baptized and that's calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we have a young man that's already made a decision today if you would like to join him in baptism all you have to do is just let somebody know I, I too want to be baptized in Jesus name we have robes we have towels we have time all you need to do is make that decision. Anybody that wants to be baptized in Jesus' name, get ready. We'll baptize you along with this young man that's being baptized this morning. His baptism is a public confession of faith, but much more. Because when he goes down in that water, the blood of Jesus washes away that sin. And when he comes up out of that water, he comes up prepared and ready 
to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Peter declared unto them, when you repent and are baptized, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have ever been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues? I believe it can happen this morning, right here when he comes out of this water, afresh and anew, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's ready for baptism. In Jesus' name, turn your attention. to be baptized and to start his, his walk with Christ. How very exciting. Um, let's pray over Liam. Father, we love you today and we're thankful for this opportunity, God. We thank you for what you're doing in Liam's life today. Pray that you would lead him toward you in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Liam, upon the confession of your faith and your belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Come on, somebody rejoice today. Rejoice today. Hallelujah. I still believe. 